Yeah. Ready? Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 14 6. That is the number of the episode. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pranil. Um, every week we get together, we hang out, we listen to great video game music of all generations and all consoles. Uh, just, just whatever is good to us. And we also mm. seem to have a habit of mentioning a number that increases by one every episode. Yes. I can't explain why that works. It makes no sense. Um, before we get started with our topic and with our special guest, I want to first mention that uh, coming up in, I think it's, is it one week? One week now? No, it's like three weeks since you looked at me. Two? Two weeks before the thing's happening. All right, and it's been one week since... <laughs> That's the joke. Uh, yeah, that is the joke. Uh, so two weeks from now, uh, September 8th, Saturday at 1 p.m. in Hartford, Connecticut at Retro World Expo. You can see me, Purnell, um, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, and... Special guest ambassador. In the special guest ambassador, uh, Cameron. And we're going to be comparing music from American and Western composers across different sound chips, which I'm super excited about. So if you want to get geeky and party with us, because I'm going to have about 50 Red Bulls in my system, it's going to be a good time. And not, to not, and not to put things too much on the spot, but rumors of a Sushi Go party could occur. Yeah, we got to have a Sushi Go <laughs> Can't believe uh, that's the... board board game. Uh, um, it's a tradition. You know. But if you are in the uh, New England area for the Legacy Music Hour and you can't make it out, I totally understand because we would rather be there. <laughs> we would rather be there. Honestly, <laughs> Sorry, that is Ed. true. But I did want to make it. But... I'm not pretty sure Ed is in the same boat. We got, um, our scheduling didn't work as we hoped it would. But, but go check them out. Salem, Massachusetts, the Legacy Music Hour. They are the grandfathers of our podcast format. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love them. But let's talk about today's episode. We are talking about suspenseful music with the musician, the composer, Eric Desidero. I, th- I think I said uh, that right. Is that good? <laughs> it's, it's close. It's yes. Eric Desiderio. Desiderio. It rhymes with in stereo. Yeah, that's oh, the way I, I like try that. to get people to remember it. Desiderio. <laughs> in stereo. Um, you are right. in mono today. I'm sorry to put, put that on. <laughs> Push your bubble. Um, thanks for Dang. thanks for coming on our show and, and, and uh, agreeing to do this with us. I could agree with us. I think I think you reached out to us, and I was like, yeah, Awesome. I did. I was a fan of your show. I checked out a bunch of the podcasts, and I was like, man, I'd love to be on this show. Awesome. So and we read, I reached out. And, and then we read the email and said, wait, this is a cool dude. We like cool dudes on the show. <laughs> yeah. So like, we totally need to come on here. <laughs> People are listening. we, we got to change what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm so happy to be on. So thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So can you um, uh, quickly or briefly uh, tell the listeners um, you know, what you do and how you're involved with music? Well, I'm a composer. I, I started writing music when I was in like third grade, mm-hmm. like playing guitar and stuff. And uh, I, yeah, write music mostly for video games now. Uh, I've definitely done a bunch of TV and, and some film and stuff. But video games are actually my favorite thing to work on because I get to be really experimental and be uh, quirky and, and stuff. Uh, I did the Adventure Time VR game a couple of years ago, and then that led that was like my first big one. And then that led to a bunch of other games. I did uh, a bunch of music for. Uh, the Diablo 3 Necromancer expansion that came cool. out last year. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so. people were really into that. And I I when I came out, people were very excited. And I bet you're yeah. glad that your your baby's about to get a little bit more love with today's announcement of it. Um, Diablo 3 hitting the Switch. 
So it was like, oh, yeah, again. yeah, that's pretty exciting. I thought you were going to talk about maybe there was another announcement because I think they're like ready to do a whole lot of announcements. So I thought there might have been something else that I wasn't quite aware of. But yeah, they did like a little uh, post, like I think about like two months ago where it was like Diablo uh, like on Twitter and then there was like someone flipping a light switch or something <laughs> is what I heard about and that was sort of like their like pre-announcement I guess hype building thing mm-hmm. did you guys see that is I, that I, what ended up happened was I read about the light switch flipping thing but then it got slightly overshadowed because somebody leaked the Diablo switch reveal so Blizzard kind of had to jump in front of him. It was like, hey, guys, guess what we're doing? Uh, <laughs> well, in advance, what we wanted to tell you. But hey, wow. yeah. So, <laughs> but it'd be nice. I'm hoping they like end up doing some little more. It's like, hey, now we're finally ready to reveal Diablo 4 or some other yeah. game. People are going to lose their minds. Yeah, that's going to be nuts. I, uh, I don't know if you guys have been looking at like the the chatter and stuff about like the postings of uh like job offerings like job opportunities at, at blizzard mm. oh. but i'm you know i i mean this is all out there on the internet so i'm not giving any information away but i keep seeing things are like dungeon uh environment creator for unannounced diablo content that oh. came out like yeah like a couple of months ago i was like whoa what's this you know and it, it was like people were talking about it and all excited so there's there have been a couple of these things like job op- like opportunities that it's like clearly that is you know diablo like the first one was like oh environmental artist for dungeon crawler you know from blizzard it was like i mean come on guys <laughs> like, it's like who are you fooling you know like no no he didn't <laughs> say diablo game he said demon lord-esque title <laughs> that could be exactly. any demon lord. It could be anything, of course. You know, I mean, just because it's Blizzard, you know, it could it could be having a new project or something. So, anyways, I I've been very excited seeing like little posts like that on on uh, like job boards and stuff like that. So I'm, hmm, I think there's something else coming up. So, you know, well, it's looking, exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to being surprised right alongside you on that because I'm I'm watching like a hawk in a sense because I love Blizzard, mm. I love Diablo. Uh-huh. But my thing, I have friends who are like, like, like Rob said, they're, they're chomping. I'm just like, I can't wait to get this portable. I was like, yeah, dude, I put excited. like 200 hours in that game. I can't do that again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like Skyrim. It's out on VR now. I, I love VR. But I was like, there's no way I'm going to put all that time in again. And like, you know, just in a different format, like in Fallout. Like, man, I love my Fallout, but I, I can't do that. Like, I got to get a new big game for, for VR and yeah, jump here, into that. It's like these know. games are, they're released for someone else now which is unfortunate it's but. like it's just like that first time i went to the initial village in skyrim before except now i'm getting sick on the floor it's <laughs> that's the most realistic vomit i've ever seen wow <laughs> wait a minute it's like it's, it's like you're living rendered. there and you're drinking the water <laughs> exactly all right so we decided to look at uh suspenseful music and i think um, that was something you also wanted to do because it was maybe is this is, is suspenseful or maybe uh, like kind of moody type dramatic sounds. Is that something that you're most interested in, or just something that really catches your ear? It's something that really it really catches my ear. Cool. I love I love those soundtracks that are like ambient. I can like put it on while I'm working. Yeah. And, but, and I don't. And I feel like I'm scared. And <laughs> someone's going to jump out at me. <laughs> uh, but then also, I also love writing that kind of music and writing like atmospheric, interesting, cool, like dark brooding stuff where you're walking through some dungeons or some some creepy caves. I, it, 
just makes me happy to write that stuff. Now, I have to ask, though I got a feeling you may have something later anyway in regards to this, but when you say ambient or like atmospheric, are you saying, uh-huh. um, I don't know, like say like something like Lord of the Rings X background music where it's like sound and music and whatnot, but it's meant to kind of give you a sense of I'm in a dungeon right now or I'm out in the woods? Or are we talking um, like wizardry style where it's like there's no sound, but you might hear a crick, a rock hit, a, hit the ground at some mm. point. Like, I just kicked a pebble. You heard that. Or a back creak. <laughs> well, yeah, creaking. Lord of the Rings is very thematic, like in the way that Jurassic Park or Star Wars is. Like there could be some yeah. movie music, but there's still that theme. Like the uh, the Gollum theme or whatever they call it in the background. Um, yeah, like yeah. when I think of atmospheric music, I normally don't think of a theme. Like there's mm-hmm. not necessarily something that hummable or reckon like that just pops out and sticks in your head. But it's more like an app, like a mood and a vibe that's created. And I mean, you might have some of the melodies or like little bits of the themes from the like the main theme in there. But like the the main purpose of the music is not to get you like excited and riled up with this stirring theme or something. Right. It's right. it's more just to like set this cool tone and like get you get you in, into the game and get you like playing and mm-hmm. and uh, and fighting and adventuring and stuff. I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah, we've been playing, or my wife and I have been playing a lot of very atmospheric and moody games uh, recently. But I think between all three of us, we've chosen music from games from all over, <laughs> from all over the uh-huh. the past like few decades. Um, so that's my dog barking. <laughs> um, so let's get into uh, the first track that you chose. We'll give it a listen and let's talk about it. So what's the first one you want to go with? Uh, let's go ahead with um, the Shadow of the Colossus mm. track. So there's a, a theme, or well, there's, there's a track called Creeping Shadow. Uh, it's the battle theme. And I think this is from a, uh, a part where you're, there's like a swamp and it's been a couple of years since I've played it. Yeah, I listen to the soundtrack all the time. So it's not through lack of listening to the soundtrack, but it's just like it's been a couple of years since I played it. And uh, I think this is where you're in a swamp and you're like adventuring around and there's this like flying uh, um, colossus that, that comes by and you have to like wait for him to come down yeah. the water. You jump on his back or something, I think is, is what the deal is. And just I remember playing it and being like, like just wanting to just sit there and listen to the music and not, you know, not necessarily engage just because the music was so evocative and it just like stirred my soul in this dark and, and interesting way. And the composer for it is a Japanese guy, Kao Otani. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And he's, uh, I don't know, he hasn't done that many other game soundtracks, mm-hmm. but this one for me, it just kicked me in the pants when I heard it. I, I love this soundtrack. Well, right. now let us all be kicked in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is creepy. In the most mellow and, yeah. and atmospheric way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, caution to listeners. Caution to listeners, this isn't, this isn't going to be the episode full of the bangers that you're going to crank in your stereo. This is going to be <laughs> like chill out at night. Pants kickers. Driving with the windows closed (laughs) Uh, so creeping shadow from shadow of the colossus for the playstation 2 composed by kao otani
That was Creeping Shadow from Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 2, composed by Kao Otani. That's crazy. What a great way to start the show. Oh, yeah. What a mood. Like, I'm, like, ready to go and fight some big beast that's kind of <laughs> lurking, kind of hiding from me. Not mm. sure exactly what he looks like because he's off in the distance. But yeah. I'm still, like, I you know, I can feel the hairs, like, creeping up on the back of my neck. And, and I, I feel, like, the excitement of the energy of that battle that's about to come. Yeah. It's funny. I remember this fight, like, the fight with the, the flying dragon colossus thing being, like, one of my favorite parts of that game because it was so pretty to look at and it was so interesting but when yeah. I look but when I look back on it I can't think like oh that was fun fight because every fight looking back on it through the eyes of you know the filter of what the game is really about uh, makes me feel sad for doing it yeah, yeah right <laughs> which is unfortunate uh, yeah and plus every fight is so good in its own way yeah. like it's got like a, its own there's a different way to beat each boss and you have to figure it out and so uh, yeah this is one game that i refuse to look at any kind of like boards or, like any kind of cheat mm -hmm. things because mm -hmm. i really wanted to like figure out what the weaknesses were and how to defeat them and yeah. it's it's also an interesting game in that like you really just have a sword you know there's not really you're not using magic potions to help you know weaken the buffs or whatever like that or do stuff like you're just like you know, you're, you're just fighting these guys and you're trying to figure out their weak points and, and different strategies. So I, I found it like a really awesome game. You pretty much have exactly what you're going to have the entire game. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. and I will say there's like, for as much as there's a large community of people out there who generally love things like FAQs because, you know, it speeds up the experience and I don't have to you know, really think too hard and spend the time. I feel like games like this are prime examples of where it's like, okay, it's nice if you get stumped yeah, but uh, you really want to go into it on your own because, like you said earlier, the experience is in the discovery. Mm -hmm. What do I do to stop this hulking behemoth with this <laughs> tiny sword and bow and arrow? <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Yeah. And even going out and finding these things, because the world is so expansive. Like, it's huge. And so you're you're constantly following the, the, the light off of your sword to chase after these things. And, and it can take a while to find them. And even yeah, that, it, that whole experience is really, really unique. And it's also kind of funny because the the sword just glows when you're near it, mm -hmm. or, or like like as you're going towards it. But it was like sometimes like they're hidden behind other mountains and stuff. So it's not mm -hmm. like your sword is just like giving this clear way to get there. It's like yeah. I guess it's vaguely in that general direction. But I gotta explore around to figure it out. And there's no I, yeah I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think there is an overhead map. There's uh, suspense. You know. I guess. Okay, here here's a uh, yeah. here's like a, a complete a little off topic. But I, I've been sure. playing No Man's Sky recently, and the, uh -huh. I've never played a game like this. So I land on the on the first planet, my spaceship's pretty much destroyed, and I walk. I just start walking just to see what's out there, and of course I'm like gonna die right away. But I'm so uh -huh. far away, and the game is telling me like like the light showing me where the Colossus is, where my spaceship is. But I'm so far away from it, it's pointing it on the other side of the planet. And I have to walk the <laughs> circumference of the planet. Of the planet. Oh, right. <laughs> to get oh, back. my God. Soon I'll find my way. Oh, I did not make it. Yeah. I, I suffocated and died. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I had to go back and find myself because I, I left like a bunch of like important things where my dead oh, body right. was. Such a grim experience uh -huh. in a game that's yeah. meant to be based off of whimsical exploration. It is not whimsical. <laughs> the game wants whimsical. to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that same way where it's like, oh, I should go this way, but it's like it's hidden behind something. But in this 
this case, it was hidden hidden on the other side of this little On the uh, other side of the planet. planet. Yeah. And, I mean, you could always just turn around and walk the other way, and it would probably be the exact same amount of time as if you went forward, right? Yeah, because, yeah. You know, if, if the UI was friendly enough, but no, the game is not friendly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not designed that way. This is a great pick. I love how at the very end, um, it swells and swells and swells, and there's almost like a, it's a guttural, it's almost like a vocal sound. Um, maybe yeah. it, maybe it's coming from a cello, or maybe it's actually like a voice, but it's like, and then everything sort of calms down towards the end. But oh, it, that's such a great part of the track. Yeah, yeah, I like that sound. Uh, I, I think it's like a, an electronically created sound. So, because there's there's like definitely real instruments on there. There's cellos and flutes and whatever. But then like there's these these weird swelling things in there that I think you know he might have done something like banged on a a metal like dumpster and recorded it and <laughs> yeah. pitch shifted it and done all sorts of crazy stuff to make it have that cool sound to it that but it still sounds like it's a like an organic sound it doesn't sound like some dude figured it out on his casio and or whatever you know it's like it's like uh, he actually recorded it or someone recorded it and then he like manipulated it because it still has like a uh like an organicness to it yeah. and man just the combination of that the orchestra and the electronic stuff in there it it just kills me every time man that's a good choice so yeah, I'm gonna go with sense. my first pick I'm gonna start with my most more my more recent track and this is gonna be telling of what my tracks are like my more my most recent track is from a PlayStation 1 game hmm. it's from uh-huh. Ten- Tenchu Stealth Assassins um, cool and it was like a ninja uh, stealth um, killing assassin. people. Game. Assassin game. Killing yeah. people for money <laughs> game. Assassins! <laughs> By the way, I have to love that. This game is called Tissue Stealth Assassins. It's about stealthy yeah. killers. <laughs> I got some stories about this. Shock! I put, yeah. I put a lot of weird amount of time into into perfecting this game and then feeling bad about it. Um, so Uh-oh. this this is the music for the level Infiltrate the Manji Cult. And it's composed cool. by Noriyuki Asakura.
You're listening to Infiltrate the Manji Cult from the game Tenshu Stealth Assassins for the PlayStation, composed by Noriyuki Asakura. So, yeah, very atmospheric, a little bit, a bit more percussion <laughs> than our first track, but I still feel like it's got that suspense because it's only pl- it's playing throughout the stage where you're just sneaking through shadows. Hiding behind uh-huh. things. I do like the idea that for as awesome as this sound, I don't get the I don't get the image of ninja stealthy killers. When I, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not letting that go, by the way. <laughs> but I don't get that image from this track at all. But it's really good. Yeah, it's it's a fun. Yeah. It's a it's a really interesting game. I got really into it. I would I would play it over and over again on the first level where there's like a uh, there's a, like a, a a senator who's stealing money and 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 womanizing around town and you're been hired to kill this guy and so you have to get from point a to point b through the town to the old guy mm-hmm. and there's like guards and stuff wandering around the town and if you just sneak past everybody and fight the last guy like a boss mm-hmm. like, like 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 he's the boss not like a boss <laughs> but no. you kill him and it's like the game's over and you get a score or whatever and that's done you go to the next stage but if you go and you stealthily kill every person in the street from behind like then you get like a special bonus and I, I kept doing it over and over again because I'm like oh yeah I'm getting better at this game I'm getting better I'm getting really really good and I'm like murdering all these people and then I finished <laughs> the level and I got like the perfect score and I'm like wow that didn't feel good anymore <laughs> like <laughs> they weren't expecting it and I don't know it just it felt really wrong to me but it also from seems- a pure gameplay perspective I was into it, and from playing it from a younger age, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, from a career stealth yeah. assassin perspective, that also doesn't make a lot of sense. I feel like if someone hired you to stealthily assassinate <laughs> the senator, they'd <laughs> want you to get in, take everywhere. the guy out, and then next morning someone's like, I got your teaser. Oh my god, he's dead. <laughs> that's what you want, not massive murdering spree at the senator's it's, it's, estate everyone's today. Everyone's dead. Yeah. I, know, I, know. I, think, I think my sister was watching me play, and she's like, uh, why are there bodies everywhere? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I remember one thing about that game is that it had the best like cut scenes when you would like jump behind someone and like yeah. slit their throat. It would go into this cool like 3D like glorified violence thing yeah. where you just it, it was brutal like I remember like the first time I, I killed someone like that and like my stomach was churning and stuff but yeah. they really didn't hold back in terms of like the, the grotesque violence and stuff and uh, it, but it also had like these really great um, like I remember you could get these like smoke pellets and, like mm-hmm. they, you have like these really interesting weapons you could use throughout to uh, you know surprise people and stuff like <laughs> that was a really cool game i actually definitely remember the level that this gate that that track is from mm-hmm. and there's like a whole army of people right and you have to go through and get to the end and like people like there's not really many places to hide so like i probably played that level more than any other level and, and it's just burned into my yeah. brain even though it's been like 15 years or whatever just because it's so hard because there's always someone around every corner and they're always jumping like they're always interrupting you and then instead of just sl- slitting one guy's throat you have to kill like three dudes at a time what, it, it, that, what's interesting to me I mean it's a it's a PlayStation game and the music isn't adaptive to what you're doing and it's always interesting to me like with this and with like shooters and older style games where they, they compose like three to five minutes worth of music that's just designed to, to, to ramp up the tension with whatever you're doing. I mean, at this point, you could just be, like, walking for another two minutes, but it's playing that, like, super suspenseful music, and it's heightening up. 
and the butter churning mini game. Yeah, and, or you could be <laughs> yeah. in the middle of doing a super grotesque murder, and it's <laughs> and it's playing like super mellow music. Um, so there's, it's right. not it's not adaptive. But in I always found that when they when they decide to program the music in that way, as opposed to being adaptive, or, or if they just did it in that way, that it's almost like the you're playing the game to the music. Like the music is almost conducting huh. the way you're playing the game like like if it's super mellow i'm not i'm not feeling compelled to be really aggressive um maybe i'm maybe. reading too far into it but <laughs> that's a little philosophical there <laughs> interesting way of looking at it i think like honestly back then i think that just the technology wasn't really there mm -hmm. in order to make it be really yeah. super adaptive because you know you kind of have to have multiple layers playing at the same time right. and then they're like fading in between them whereas like this is PS1, they probably were just lucky to be able to play one track at like a really high resolution and have all that graphics and you know, yeah. the way it is, like the graphics people are always trying to like, you know use more of the CPU power and so they're always like, you know, hey is it okay if we just cut back to one track you know, it's <laughs> like you know, there's always a constant battle between the, the uh, graphics people and, and the audio and stuff so yeah. it might have just been that, that case it was the easiest way to do that. You That's know? why it's good to have a game audio guy on the show. Right? Only got 100 <laughs> megabytes of space left. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially back then, I mean, everything was super limited. Um, you think of Parappa the Rapper, right? I mean, every song had uh -huh. like four or five different versions of the track that it would like switch over to, depending on how well you played the track. Um, but uh -huh. so, honestly, I wonder. I feel like, I mean, it's been a while since I've played Parappa, but a part of me thinks that <laughs> yeah, that sound. I think it was the same track, just layered over. The normal song. No, I, no, no, because there's, there's, there's other parts of those tracks that don't have, like, rhythm sections attached to it. You know, oh, so you would have, like, take sounds out of the song. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I gotta play it again. I know, it's, I know it was, uh, like, remastered or something, man. Yeah, but yeah. I recommend, if you can, oh, man. get the earlier version because... because Why, Purnell? It's because <laughs> the syncing isn't all that great. Yeah, that's true. I think it was not great uh. from the beginning, like it's actually surprisingly worse. That's amazing. That makes sense. <laughs> now I'm thinking well, of new version. Yeah. Chop Chop Onion going around killing people in like. I would buy that game, by the way. <laughs> chop Chop Master Onion had to invade the Salad Syndicate to take up the Tomato Boss. I would play that game. Oh man. Right. Like, the world's depending on me. Don't get tense. <laughs> Don't tense up. It's all in the mind. Yeah. I could do this. <laughs> All right, so we're on to your first track, Brunel. It's kind of funny. I picked this track because of how it sounds, and I'm like, I don't think there's too many parts in the game where they play this track, but I don't care okay. because it sounds great <laughs> and it that? fits the mood. <laughs> um, it's from Revelations Persona, mm. and the track title goes by Encounter with Pandora, and is composed by Hidehito Aoki, Misaki Okibe, Kenichi Tsuchiya, and Shoji Meguro. Yeah, Shoji. All right, let's get into this.
welcome back. You are listening to Encounter with Pandora from the game Revelations Persona, composed by Hidehito Aoki, Misaki Okibe, Kinichi Tsuchiya, and Shoji Meguro. So, not to be confused with Shin Megami Tensei Persona, which was the remake of this game where Shoji took over the recording duties and changed the OST completely, pretty much. This is from the original printing of the game. Uh... There was a lot of suspenseful feeling to me behind this track. It's got a combination of, like, terror, but also more like walking through a door, and you know the boss is behind the door, and as the music starts to play, the conversation starts up, it's like, okay, what are they going to do? Is the boss prepared for us? Does he know we're here? And then as the dialogue takes place, she's like, okay, the music's pumping up, and it's like, do-do-do-do-do, and it's like, okay, time for the battle to start. And while this is named after the final boss of the game and it does play in the final boss chamber before the fight itself it also plays in other areas of the game too usually littered with scenarios like I described where characters are having dialogue after walking into a room and like there's something suspenseful going on or being discussed it is a quality track and I feel as though it's a rare style of sound I don't hear too many OSTs that combine that many sound elements in the way that this one does yeah uh um, Persona and shit that Megaten music uh, overall has a very dark atmospheric but also like dancey funky kind of like thing to it it's, it's really unique and when you hear it you know it's from like this art these artists like so Shoji Maguro especially mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. we heard a lot of special effects throughout that track are they related to where they plays in the game do you remember it all believe it or not no oh, it's no, no, just no. <laughs> it's just that's just the track like oh, wow, yeah. the whole idea of the heart like, I guess I considered like a heartbeat like boom okay. boom yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, not yeah. a heartbeat like your I guess I'll tell you like, your blood pumping or a huh. pulse like boom boom Boom, boom. Huh. And then, like, the spooky, this is like a haunted house type sound, but it's not intrinsic to any central location, though you do go to a haunted house at some point. There's, um, there's, um, there's an, there's an ease track that's like a dungeon or something with it that has like a, a raindrop in it. The, oh, yeah, the, the shrine. The shrine, the shrine music. You knew what I was talking about. On another podcast, it, there was like five or six of them. It was on Michael, Michael Bridgewater's uh, The Forever Sound Version podcast. They got super divided on whether they liked having that sound effect in the game and whether the music would still be as good. No, it wouldn't. If it didn't have the raindrop. <laughs> it wouldn't be as good. So that- I, I was hashtag pro drop. Better believe <laughs> pro it. Pro drop. Um, how, how, uh, Eric, how do you feel about incorporating um, sound effects or maybe even incorporating sound effects that are um, thematic to the game that you're composing for. That's well, it can work really well uh, if, as long as you uh, process them a whole lot. Like, mm. I swear I heard like a, a car squealing in the background <laughs> of that track or something. But it was like, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, you know, but it was like uh, there's all this like reverb and funky. They did all the stuff to the sound, so it was like it, it wasn't quite like a car screech anymore. It was just like a cool sound. So you know, in terms of like if if there's like realistic sounds like footsteps or something like that, then that yeah. can totally get in the way because you think there's a guy behind you jumping out, re- getting ready to kill you when it's just part of the soundtrack, and then mm-hmm. so then you're giving the in, they're giving false information to the player, and then that's that's no good. So. Um, um, but yeah, as long as it's like done in like an artsy way and it's, it sounds like it doesn't quite sound realistic, yeah. then I'm I'm all about it. And I'm I'm always trying to like get new interesting sounds into the music that I'm writing, so so that like you know I, I have like a, a wider level of acceptance for things that like sound 
messed up or weird to other people. Like I'm trying to like get that kind of stuff in the mind. Now you got me wondering. Like you know? now I'm wondering what if that heartbeat I was hearing in the background was just like, well, funny fact, guys, I got home from work and my wife was chopping onions in the kitchen <laughs> and I caught a sample of that and slowed it down a bit, like chop chop. Maybe he was hitting the board. Maybe he was playing guitar and was like kind of thumping on the guitar and like oh, accidentally yeah. recorded it and was like, oh, that's cool. Can you think of a weird, like you mentioned, he likes getting unique sounds in the games. Like, yeah. can you think of an interesting like sound effect you found? I was like, you know, this would be perfect for one of my compositions. Yeah, maybe something accidentally <laughs> like, like you discovered. Yeah, I was uh, vacuuming my, uh, <laughs> my place <laughs> the other day and I was like, what that that sounds really cool. What is that? And I like figured it out. The keyboard is like, oh, that's like that's an E flat. You know? <laughs> like, dude, how can I use this? Where can I put that? And then like, uh, I, you know, I was writing some music. It actually like, yeah, incubated for a while. And then like, I was like, okay, right here, this is it. It's getting tense. And all the <laughs> but you put enough stuff on it so that you know it doesn't sound like like some like your mom's vacuuming behind you or something. You know, it's like it sounds it sounds cool and like like a weird sound that that causes some tension and gets but you freaked out in the game that's so. unfortunate that now you have to credit dyson as a composer yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, who played the vacuum cleaner on that track that's the question you know yeah. now we need a video game where cats are running from vacuum cleaners or fighting an army against the vacuum militia of course that's coming out soon, I bet. Actually, I there is it. a cat game, right? There's like, a, I swear I saw like an ad for one where you're a cat, you're running through the, an alleyway, and you're sneaking into like an apartment or something. It looked awesome. Oh, it was a, uh, was it like a first person perspective? Uh, yeah. Well, it was no, it was like a third. It was a third, yeah, a third feline perspective. Slightly from I'm far sure, away. I'm yeah. sure. That sounds cool. Though. I'd play that. I'm playing a dumb mobile oh, game man. right now where I just you in that darn cat I just, cafe. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a cat cafe, and I just drag cats onto people, and then I collect fish. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, and that's you all. have to get a good match or, or something between the cats and the people, or what? Um, yeah, the better the match, the more hearts I get to earn more cats. Um, uh. So I'm either playing a game where space is trying to kill me, or I'm cuddling <laughs> cats. <laughs> just, like, just right. He um, is really into awesome. this game, by the way. Don't even let him downplay it in any way. Okay, you know, I can only have uh. like one or two games on my phone at a time, because I just don't have like the brain space. And so it's just the Cartoon Network game that you're into... Pernell, uh-huh. which you, you're like, God, oh, stupid game. I don't want anyone else to ever play it, but I also admit that I play it. It's it's a weird game. Like, oh, it's you, because it's because of that soundtrack. Was it uh, Matt Creamer? Yeah, Matt Creamer oh, tore it so up. good. He's so like, good. Yeah. But there has to be a game. Maybe it's something you can think about for like a future question, too. Like, if you can think of a game where it's like, I love this, but no one else can ever play <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> save them. And I did find a video of that game, too. because It was exactly what I was thinking about where the cat was looking across the pipes. I remember that component, but this video I found doesn't even have a name of it. It's just like they're talking about the game itself. It might have been a, a like a demo of something that they were going to do, or maybe a, like a tech demo uh, from some developers. Oh, it is called an HK. Hmm. HK. Maybe House HK. K. House with a K. House K. <laughs> um, all right, so we're uh, we're back to you, Eric, to play your oh. second track. Okay, uh, well, the second track is from the Witcher 3 expansion. It's uh, the uh, Blood and Wine expansion, and it's actually the first track uh, called Blood and Wine from uh, yeah, the Witcher expansion, and it's by Martian 
and then I, I unfortunately cannot pronounce his last name. I, I met him once, wonderful guy, fantastic composer, uh, but I'll just spell it out because I don't want to do it injustice, but it's P-R-Z-Y-B-Y-L-O-W-I-C-Z. Yes. Wolves That was um, Blood and Wine from The Witcher 3 expansion, Blood and Wine, for the PlayStation 4, composed by Martian P. Zibowitz! Zibowitz! <laughs> I'm going with, uh, we'll go with uh, uh, Zibowitz. Um, but excellent, excellent pick, man. I really, I, I love Thank you. Uh, the vocals in the beginning and how it explodes into just this, this driving... Um, I don't know. It's it's almost uh, uh, like it hits that part of your brain that's that's saying like urgency, urgency now, now, now. You know, um, is this is yeah. this a theme of the game or is this like an opening sequence? Do you not remember at all? 
I I think it plays like when you start the game off, mm. like it's yeah, it's like a title sequence or something. Mm. I, if I remember correctly, I think little bits of it come back in here and there with a, the female vocals and stuff. She's got such a cool sound, and like I start hearing her sing, and I'm like taken away to this yeah. crazy Witcher world, you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, for me, it, that, that track just kills me every time I hear it. I just want to start playing the game, which I kind of want to play right now. <laughs> but also, I wanted to choose one that's that's also like dark and foreboding, but has like a rhythm to it. So, because the other one was more ambient, this one is like boom, like let's yeah. play, it's like let's fight. And so that that's kind of why I chose this to balance out the other one. They're both awesome, but just mm. in different ways. Yeah, the good, good music will just take you there. It, it'll take you into what you remember about the game and make you like, oh, that's right, I want to play that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, why, what you liked definitely. about it. Yeah. I think this is kind of funny because I'm totally going to shoehorn something in here. So, Go fun for it, fact, yeah. The Witcher yeah. 3 is on my forever to playlist, is on my shelf, but uh-huh. I've heard so many tales of the game being so long that once you start, <laughs> you pretty much can't put it down. It becomes a commitment, so I haven't started the game. But here's where it gets funny. So, I own The Witcher 3 on the Xbox One. And I own the first DLC on the is that, Xbox. Is that this one? Actually, I, actually, I take that. I think Blood and Wine. No, Heart of Stone. Oh, I, don't, I don't. Heart know. of Stone. I believe that's what it is uh-huh. on the Xbox One. Now, when I purchased that game, that DLC, they had a Gwent physical edition set. Gwent is a card mini game that exists inside of the Witcher universe. Yes. It's but funny you, that I know more about Gwent than I do about The Witcher. Because Gwent is awesome. Because <laughs> that's what people tell me. <laughs> so I got that physical set. Yeah. Now, when Heart of Heart of Some, sorry, Blood and Wine came out, though, keep in mind, I might have these backwards, so if someone catches me on this later, so be it. But when the other one came out, mm-hmm. they only released the physical bundle on the PS4. And I really wanted the Gwent cards. <laughs> so I have the DLC for the PS4 version of The Witcher 3. And I can't do anything with it. It's just sitting there. Uh, use one of those cards. If anybody wants to negotiate a trade or just watch free DLC for Rhythm and Pixels, I will just give it to you. <laughs> it's been sitting there. I may as well get use out of it. So if you write into our email, you'll you'll give it to them? Yeah. I just got to confirm later, like probably when the episode released, whether the physical was for Heart of Stone or for Blood and Wine. But it's one of those two. And either uh, way, yeah, it, someone might be into that. It can happen. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. it's ten dollar, oh. ten fifteen dollar DLC. There you go. But definitely one of the most, not one of the most interesting, but the most. Um, it's got the that track has the most amount of turns so far uh, that we've heard oh, today. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've really, really liked that one. Really good picks today, Eric. Um, oh, thank you. It really, really like sets sets like the mood which I'm into and then we totally break that mood yeah, break with that our mood. awkward choices <laughs> talking about DLC and making jokes <laughs> and stuff yeah, that's, that's the way to do it no, I, I, I like it a lot so um, I do love like the live instrumentation or maybe like what would sound like live instrumentation in, in these tracks so my next pick is from the Super Nintendo and awesome. it is from the game, another game I've never I've never played, but God, I love the soundtrack to it. It's called Front Mission Gun Hazard for the mm-hmm. Super Nintendo, uh-huh. composed by Nobuo Uematsu, Yasunori Matsuda, um, Junya Nakano, and Masashi Hamatsu. So Nobuo Uematsu, Yasunori Matsuda, you would know um, from Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger. Mm. Um, but this is, I think it's like an action fighting game set in the Front Mission universe. 
And it's just a crazy good soundtrack. The original Front Mission um, game was composed by Yoko Shimomura, um, which is also incredibly awesome. So uh, this is a track called Ominous Wind. Um, and so we're going to hear some more uh, sampled instrumentation, but this time coming from some old school 16-bit hardware um, from the game Front Mission Gun Hazard. Ominous Wind from the game Front Mission Gun Hazard for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu, Yasunori Mitsuda, Junya Nakano, and Masashi Hamatsu. This is definitely... I like this track. It, it has a nice sound to it. Yeah, it's and got it, that atmospheric kind of thing going on. Definitely fitting for a Front Mission title, mm-hmm. though Gun Hazard is I think we even talked about it on the show once before yeah. and we both forgot, but Gun Hazard is a weird game in this series because it is actually a 2D side-scroller. Yes, unlike the other games, which are more RPG elements, but it's still, like the other games, the soundtrack is enormous. Like, they, they composed a lot of music for these games. Was this one of those carts where they had to actually have an, expand, have an expanded amount of memory because of what they threw into it? I don't know. I would imagine so because there's a lot. There's a lot. And there's, there's a lot more composers on this one. The first one, the only one credited is Yoko Shimomura. It sounds like they're using um, some of the similar sounds from the first game because that upright bass that gets played through this track is really clear and it sounds really, yeah. really good. But there's these these cool, like what, what picks my ear up is not so much the piano, but there's these cool like electronic kind of clanky elements in the background um, yeah. that they're using for percussion. Um, what do you think of this that was one? so cool. Oh, I'm a huge fan, man. That was awesome. Cool. And I like uh, I like hearing how like the music, like although they're trying to express a lot of the same emotion, music like how it changes throughout the years from like what we've heard, like because like the technology gets better or different, you know. So they're like maybe you're using more like real instruments like recorded into this. But this clearly, you know, it's it's like they're pulling. I think they were pulling samples off of the. Um, you know, off of the the game system, and so they didn't have that many options. But like, man, it, it like the way that they're expressing the same like sneaky emotion, or like you know, uh, it's it's interesting to see like a different toolkit 
doing yes. the same kind of stuff. And like that, yeah, that, that kind of glitchy percussion part that came in there after like the per- piano part. So cool, man. I love it. Yeah, the since they only had so much space to work with on the Super Nintendo for, for the samples, they would have to take sounds and like stretch them by like uh, by taking small parts of the sample and like looping them over and over. And so, so things often had kind of like a weird like echoey quality to them. And I think they I think they uh, used it to their advantage on, on some on some tracks like this. Um, and often yeah. like they'll play and often people would say like the Super Nintendo had a sound that sounded like off key because they'll sample like a piano note, but then they would pitch bend it up and down to make it sound like oh, the different right, notes. Right. But f- for the front mission games especially, you'll hear the notes are really clear. And what I've discovered uh-huh. is that they've actually sampled a lot of the piano keys of the notes of the piano um, separately, like you would hear like on a modern uh, sampled instrument. Oh, um, gotcha. And, <laughs> and for the, the composers and the programmers to like, think that far ahead at this time during game development, like in this era, is, is really um, forward thinking and really interesting. Um, yeah. So I love playing it because it's just, it sounds, sounds really cool. I will say, yeah. Since, it, oh, good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, if you, I, I think you were saying that you, that, that bass sound is very familiar to the other game, right? Yeah. And I think, it, like, the re- reason was because I think there was, like, actually some, like, uh, like a general like sounds that were on like this the system I could be totally wrong oh, but I think the yeah. Super Nintendo just had like a built-in bass sound could and be. it was like it was already on there so they didn't have to add any extra memory or something like that so like man if you can use that sound like use it because boom you're saving yourself oh, a yeah. whole lot of memory so I think that's kind of why like some of the sounds sound very familiar because mm. they're using a bunch of different games and it's not like a fresh set of sounds for each game like okay. they kind of had to like work with what they got you know I never really thought about that till now but now it does make me wonder because early SNES games especially there was a lot of similarity in how mm-hmm. a number of those games sounded yeah well the that's the, probably part of it the the last uh, Legacy Music Hour episode they did a interview with Tim Fallon mm-hmm. which is awesome to begin with but um, he did a lot of his own sampling for his own tracks and for the companies that he worked for, I think it was like, was it Rare? No, it was, I forget. The companies that he worked with and with his brother, he could tell who worked on what because they're like, oh, those were my samples, but I didn't compose that track. You know, it was like, oh, that's my guitar sample, that's my uh, drum samples. Yeah, yeah. But also, it could be he, he recorded it or they recorded it from keyboards, you know, at the time, like Yamaha keyboards, and they just compared sure. they recorded instead yeah. of recording real <laughs> instruments. Um, and that's what we're hearing too. Hmm. But yeah, pretty cool. Awesome. All right. But so, I meant yeah. to ask. Yeah. So since we're talking about like games of the past, present, and future, what would you say are some like games that like you remember fondly, probably from like whether it's from the classics or even like more modern eras, like some fond memories of games or fond games that you remember that even may have inspired you to getting into the style of composition you're into now? That's a great question. Uh, I mean, so I've I'm classically trained. You know, I started on the NES and actually before that uh, on the um, I actually had an Atari 2600, so like that's where I got my start. Yeah, back in the day, and so uh, you know there wasn't really a whole lot of music going on with the with like Atari 2600. Um, but I remember like early on, like I, I had this Frogger, uh, I had Frogger, and you could put the cartridge in, and then you could turn the on-off switch like halfway between off and on yeah. mm-hmm. and then it would it all it all of a sudden it, like me and my sister called it like alternate dimension frogger <laughs> and, so, and it was like this weird messed up version of frogger and you, you would you know start the game and it had like the music was all whack 
and like the graphics were whack and we were trying to like play the game <laughs> i don't know if anyone i should like google this and see if anyone else has done this but so uh but anyways that started getting me into like thinking about video game music like wow like what you know and being very aware of that and of course zelda mm-hmm. like blew my mind stuff but then i think what really sparked it for me in terms of like thinking oh maybe i can do this as a career is uh it was um warcraft 3 and uh like i went to the bathroom and i was <laughs> i was playing undead and that undead music was just looping in the background yeah yeah and it was so cool man it was like <laughs> this dark brooding music and there was like this crazy percussion like the cymbals tank 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 it was just like this cool <laughs> sound I, I can't even describe it i wish i oh we should have like looked it up and we should have played it maybe i don't know but but like that for me man like that i came back from the bathroom i just like sat there listening to the music and like not wanting to play it and just yes. like being so into it and like being like wow you know someone wrote that and like this sounds so good it doesn't sound like you know like it's just weird synths anymore it's like real stuff happening and then there are worse synths in there but they were like high quality you know i don't get me wrong i love 8-bit music and stuff i oh, for sure that stuff's awesome but you know for for me like just hearing that and and it was it like woke me up to like how cool stuff was oh, yeah. and of course i love diablo like that and, and diablo has like this really uh characteristic theme with like 12 string guitar like there's this one chord every time you go back to the main part you're like oh man and like this this the Tristram chord and you hear it and you're like, dude, this I'm in for this game, man. This is great. So uh, I think those were like some pretty early on games that that really got me into thinking about music and the possibility of like actually doing it for a living and like being aware of video game music instead of it just being like in the background or just kind of playing as, as things were going on. And definitely good mention about Diablo in that regard because I played I played some of Diablo two and some of Diablo three I played a lot of Diablo three. But um uh-huh. Diablo two my favorite component of that entire game isn't even the game. It's just the music that plays in the main hub, like the first oh, town yeah, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you go back to town, it's just like that. It, it just plays. And you're like, I don't even want to go to the dungeons. This is an yeah, amazing yeah. track. So yeah, cool. I love that. Diablo, oh man, they, they just have such good music in those yeah, games. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. All right, so let's bring it back to your uh, your final track, our final original track. All right, well, I'll save the obvious one for the final epi- the end of the episode jam because it's still a good jam. Okay. But for this particular <laughs> one, I think I'm going to take a shot at this and hopefully it resonates with everybody. It's from the game Danganronpa um, Trigger Happy Havoc, and the track title is Buzzkill, and it's composed by Masafumi Takeda.
All right, coming back into reality with us here on the track mm. Buzzkill, composed for the game Danganronpa Trigger Happy Memories by Masafumi Takeda. Now, this track is an interesting one in the fact that it's fairly tense throughout, but I feel like the way it invokes suspension in the game proper is the fact that the win is used throughout the title. It could be... It, it invokes a mysterious vibe of, um, of suspense. You don't know whether you're running into something positive or negative. Sometimes it's just outright outlandish to the point we don't even know how to react to it because Danganronpa is a narrative-driven game, not, like, action-based. So people will be having a discussion or you might walk into a room while you're exploring and then, like, everything, you might hear something shatter. It's like, what's that sound? It's like... And all of a sudden, suspense is driven into, like... Finding out what that sound was, or who's calling for help. Why are they calling out for you? Oh, they want you to participate in evening, like morning calisthenics. I don't care about that. Why did I run <laughs> over there? It sounds weird, but they do have a sequence where they're being forced to do morning calisthenics. That's terrifying. <laughs> it actually yeah. kind of is because they're being starved to death. Oh, jeez. So oh. It's like, hey, time for calisthenics, but we haven't eaten in like two days. Like, no time for that. Exercise. But, um. <laughs> It's like the suspense from this works on so many levels because it's all it's very unsettling in the sense that it wants you to feel a sense of panic and anticipation for what's about to be discovered. What are you about to learn? Let's get to that. But you gotta mash X a lot of times to get there. So But I also it's interesting in the sense that I feel like whereas most of our suspense tracks for this episode have been like very like moody and oral this one is uh-huh. very much just loud and in your face. Like, yeah. hurry! Yeah. Wake yeah. up! <laughs> this one's getting your attention more than anything we've, we've uh, we played today. It's it's like, it's it's knocking on the door. It's kind of a buzzkill. It's a little bit of uh-huh. <laughs> the buzz that we were having on the show, right? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of a buzzkill. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shot of coffee, though. It's good. You know, we got to have some, some variety bit, here. Sure. That, Remind yeah. me, I'll take a sip of mine right now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So that that was cool. I, I don't know much about Degan Rampa, but we played a lot of the music on the show because you are a fan, and I'm a fan of the music now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's, maybe just <laughs> I feel like I should just recommend the show to people who haven't played the game. Like, oh, my right, nephew, it's anime, anime, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a game first, then it got an anime adaptation. And my nephew does not have a PSP. He doesn't have a PS Vita. And he doesn't uh-huh. run Steam or nothing, but I would invite him over for like pizza or something sometimes. Like, hey, I'm bomb with my nephew, and then. It's like, since you're here, I have this television. Let me put you on this show I like. And at this time, he wasn't into anime in any way. His closest thing to anime was like maybe Dragon Ball, which haters can hate all they want, but I feel like from the general U.S. perspective of watching TV, Dragon Ball is the farthest from like the anime concept you can get. People just perceive it like, it's an action show. It is anime, no question. But... I think it falls outside of, like, I'm introducing you to anime. What show? Dragon Ball. Like, oh, that cartoon I liked as a kid. Yeah, that's great. But uh, this was outside of that hmm. scope for me. It's like, what the heck am I watching? Why is there a, a colorful bear <laughs> yeah, it's, talking to these kids? It's definitely left field. Um, but he yeah, what, what happens in this show besides, like, the, the evil uh, calisthenics and stuff? Oh, the premise. Right. So the idea <laughs> is that it is a, a weird version of Japan where there's this high school that admits kids with very special talents or high-grade abilities. They call them super high school-level abilities. 
and they're kind of on the weird side, like super high school level baseball player or super high school level pop idol, super high school level gambler. And it kind of goes down the line, and it's exactly as it sounds. Like, these are, like, people who are so skilled at something, it's almost a superpower. Mm. So they apply to this school. They get enrolled in this school. And your main character is a kid who has no talent at all. But he somehow managed to get into this school. They don't explain it until later how, per se. But he just got into the school. And on his first day of school, he goes in. And as he walks to the front door, he passes out. And when he wakes up... He's in a classroom, and all the windows are, like, nailed shut from the inside. And, like, all these bars are up, and the, the school is completely sealed up. And apparently this there's this monochrome-colored bear that shows up to, and introduces himself to all the students who are at the school. And he tells them that they're all trapped, and they can't get out unless they kill one of their classmates and then gets away with the fact that they did it. That's insane. But it's so good. Like, it's a premise that makes no sense. But it's entertaining to play through because it's essentially a, a murder mystery game where you're everyone's talking about how much they just want to get out as friends, but then someone turns up dead. like, why is he dead? And then you're like, everybody's accusing their friends. Like, why did you do it? It's like, I didn't do it. He did it. And as it drills, it's like, oh, that's why. That's insane. And then, unfortunately, the idea is that when, when every time someone gets killed, they get a certain amount of time to investigate the murder, figure out and get clues together and whatnot. The person who is killed can investigate their own murder? No! Everyone else! Wait, this is an anime? <laughs> it's a game in an anime! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is... <laughs> okay. Is that everyone who's alive, Rob, yes. <laughs> gets to investigate the murder. I am 100% listening. <laughs> oh, you're mean. <laughs> and then you go to... Um, then they get sent to like a, a courtroom sort of setting where right, they have right, to go right. on a courtroom trial. And if they come to a verdict, it has to be a unanimous decision. Yeah. If they come to a verdict and they get, they don't guess the killer, then the killer gets to escape and everyone else dies. But if they do guess the right killer, then the killer dies. And everyone else dies. Huh. The killer escapes and everyone else dies. Yes. That's insane. Yes. That's brutal. That's yes. anime. That's why you better figure out who the killer is. <laughs> and it's really cool, though. So, yeah, that, that's, that's suspenseful. It's very yeah. suspenseful. They should make, I can see yeah. a movie... Based on that, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, now it'd be cool if it was a movie, yeah. but as a game, it's, I don't want to pay attention to it. Or an anime that I'm never going to watch. <laughs> Robert. Man, that's all right. But it's honestly, it yeah, it's became cool. one of my favorite franchises, believe it or not. And without spoiling it for folks, I think it's I think my favorite component is that the guy who wrote the games did three games, pretty much. Four, if you count the weird side plot one. And when he left the series... His final game ended up being a huge, like, troll, in my opinion. It was a big trolling to the entire fan base. All right. In an interesting way. Like, I had to do a review of the game, and I finished the game a week before it came out. And I was like, I can't wait for my friends to get to that part of the game. And I just want to watch their reactions. And I was just keeping track. And they all had the same words. Like, what the heck is this? Oh, yeah. And no, I remember you, you we met um, uh, Katie at the con last year. Yeah. I was talking about it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, so was did, funny. You, did you beat Dog and Rope at yeah. three yet? She was like, I hated that ending. It was not right. It wasn't fair. I was like, oh, it was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. She seemed pretty upset. <laughs> she was upset. It was great. All right. So uh, the last track we're going to turn down. And we're going to get into the part of the show that Pernell and I call the bonus round. Bonus right. round. Um, the bonus round is the part of the show where we play uh, covers and arrangements and remixes 
based on our theme. Um, so, Eric, we tasked you with looking for oh. some arrangements, and what did you find? Uh, I found uh, off of the Bioshock, sorry, the Bioshock Remixed album. It's called Enraptured Bioshock Remixed uh, by Materia Collective. Uh, Frederick Hathen did this great track called The Downward Journey. Mm. the remix of the downward journey from bioshock from the materia collective um picked out from eric by eric thank you i felt that that, yeah that was (laughs) yeah pernell pernell was really like did he jump yeah (laughs) (laughs) there was was a little jumpage going on here (laughs) i got you you in the lights out in the studio (laughs) 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 like honestly i definitely like i said early during the playing of it there was definitely that specific point where I almost imagined the guy was like, hey, this is the part where you'd see a little sister just kind of walking around, hanging out. Uh-huh. And she was hey, little girl, what are you doing here? And like Mr. Bubbles just like jumps out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> well, that was awesome, though. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. they really took like the idea of a remix and did something very different with that one. Yeah, it's not just taking those tracks and rearranging them and putting a beat. It's like... Boom! This is this is its own thing almost, yeah. but you know, still using that the Bioshock music, which I I love that Bioshock music. It's great. It's Gary Scheinman wrote the original stuff, and he's awesome. Mm. And uh, yeah, all all the Bioshocks they all have their own thing going on, and they're all they're all really good. Especially uh, Bioshock Infinite, where you hear like these weird. Uh, I'm not sure how much Gary had to do with it, but they had these crazy like remixes of like Beatles tunes, but done by a barbershop quartet or no, no, it was uh, the Beach Boys. They did a Beach Boys tune by the barbershop quartet. And you're like, wait, the Beach Boys weren't around back then. That was was like, oh, but if there's, 
if there's some like crazy time warping going on, then they could have heard the Beach Boys through the rift and time, and they could have <laughs> done a barbershop version of it. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Oh, you know, it's it's like I'm trying to remember that all one, sorts of weird stuff like that going on. Like there was like I'm trying to remember there's like one song that stuck out to me was like the Me Nobody Knows or something like that was one of the songs like Nobody Knows. Uh, yeah. But like I agree, like the soundtrack in that game heavily because of that styling that that style choice they went with was phenomenal because the original oh, yeah. bioshock was all about uh it was all atmospheric and stuff but every once in a while you come across like an old record mm. and the record would be yeah. playing in the room that you're uh-huh. like oh it's a classic music obviously yeah it just took place in like the 60s or something in an underwater bunker but um just the fact that they made that shift for infinite was like wow this is an interesting twist to it and yeah. yes i so recommend infinite like oh i had had division from a lot of folks but i think genuinely it is a quality experience will i need to play the original you should okay okay (laughs) i should no do i when i say you should i mean you should (laughs) okay okay okay. noted you can skip two if you really want to but you should play i should play the first one okay yeah, and I, I know. I've, I first started hearing about it, and I'm like, I should play this, but that's so long ago now. They're not that long either, honestly. But I mean, it was so long ago. No, I mean, just like the fact that you were yeah. considering skipping one of them. Like, well, technically, they're not even very long. Hmm. Like, you could knock them out. Like, with your play habit, maybe so a couple, like, couple weeks, two, three weeks at the two, most. At the most. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All right. I like. I like that you know my my play habits. Where it's like he's uh-huh. gonna play like a couple times a week, like yeah. an hour or two at most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's all I've got. That's all I've got the brain. And also, for. know you're not a completist typically. So no, depending on the game, depending on the game. Um, I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't pinned down what it is about certain games that make me want to do that. But we were just talking about um, putting a beat on things. So that's what I picked. Uh, yes, we did. Okay, absolutely. Um, I wanted to go eight bit into one of the original um, video game atmospheric tracks, and so this is from Metroid, um, and this is um, from uh, Shamus the Rapper and DJ Cutman, both out of Philadelphia. Shamus. Um, and this is their um, their Nerdcore Instrumentals Part Two soundtrack, and there's there's a vocal version, I believe, with her out there. Um, she's an amazing, amazing um, lyricist and, and rapper. Ooh, you saw her live, right? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's. We gotta have her on the show soon. She's so good. Um, this is called May Jemison. Um, I love what they did with the sound and with the hip hop sound. So this is DJ Cutman and uh, Shamus the rapper, or Samus the rapper. Just say Samus. <laughs> Samus. 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 Uh, May Jemison. <laughs>
listening to May Jemison from Samus the Rapper and DJ Cutman from the album Nerdcore Instrumentals 2. This is from the game Metroid. Uh, I believe that was Hirokazu Tanaka for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Good old hip. Hip Tanaka. Watch me be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> because I'm too lazy to look it up. If you're wrong, I won't tell. <laughs> but it's a, it's a great it's a great album, um, and it's a great instrumental album because I think they do a little bit of extra like processing to that those those pure tones that come out of the Nintendo, and it sounds like it's got kind of a gritty kind of sound that like really mixes with the bass and with the beats. It's it's really cool. Um, and DJ yeah. Cutman's been doing it for a very long time, and he's got like a science about it. So um, uh-huh. I'm really really happy with that one. Again, I've never played through with the original Metroid. Um, for the NES, I was kind of like I kind of like Skip missed it. that. Yeah, uh, my, I, we, I think just Chad actually came up. I play games that are like what's Metroidvania, and I'm like I've never played a Metroid game. What you need that that you need to remedy. Super no Metroid, mom. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a thing, right? Not just Super, that's but a thing, right? when it comes down to uh, Metroid, we had this chat a couple days ago. I said it was another. I had this chat with another. I think it was with Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Bain, and uh, that. Metroid was awesome, but the original design had a lot of like pointless corridors that went nowhere. There was yeah. a lot of time wasting elements in oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I did see him post. Oh about yeah, that. but then when they yeah. released Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance, they tightened it up. It still feels like Metroid One, mm-hmm. but it's infinitely better. Yeah, it respects your time more, and it has that cool uh-huh. epilogue. It's like there's no reason to go back to the NES Metroid unless you just want that history feel, that and experience. I played the original Metroid, and I think a lot of the uh, the, the gameplay part of it was that, that might have annoyed people. Is like they did it wasn't very well laid out, like where you had to go next. So you had to like really explore and like kind of get into like these blocks that you could that were sort of like see through, and you could roll through them. And so there's some like trial and error trying to figure out where you were going next, and all these hidden rooms and stuff, and you know, it's like back in the day, that was kind of fun. And it was like, you would t- get together with your friends and be like, oh man, did you try going through this little part right here? Oh yeah, it's like a sneaky thing. And that was that was cool. And that was part of the, the fun. But like, I think people today, like they don't want to deal with that stuff. They kind of want to like have like a little bit more uh, clear, like where the direction was. But then like on the Super Nintendo, like Metroid was like killer. I, I, did Ooh, you guys yeah. ever play the Super, Super yeah. Metroid? Yeah. Man. I've been meaning to go back and play it again. Like I never... Own, well, correction, let me take that back. I, back in the day, I rented the game, finished it on a rental, uh-huh. and then as an adult with disposable income, that short short window of time, I uh-huh. bought Super Metroid used, but the battery was dead, so I couldn't play through it, uh-huh. and I never got around to replacing it, but now I have emulation and all that fun stuff, It's just, and I've yeah. been downloading all like, my Wii Virtual Console, so I have it like, in so many different ways. Was it on this, the SNES Classic as well? It's probably on the SNES, Classic, which yeah, I have sure. on my yeah. window. I actually have that at uh-huh. home, too. But uh, So five ways of owning the game, probably. And uh, <laughs> I just need to sit down and resume it because as much as I love Metroid, whenever I hear people gush about how Super Metroid is like, the best Metroid ever, <laughs> I love the game, but I can't really remember a ton about it for the perspective of saying best Metroid ever. Yeah. So I want to uh-huh. get that feel again because I know of like I think about Zero Mission a lot when I think about best Metroid. I think about Metroid sure. Prime One, Metroid and I just remember Super Metroid being this amazing game with a water zone. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like a big haze. The, the best music was from that Game Boy version, the the surface of SR seventy one. Oh yeah, that track is 
sometimes I feel like the Game Boy had like the best music bam, ever. Bam. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, it's so good. They actually did a re-release of that game. Uh, well, not a re-release, a remake of that. Mm. I think last year or year, year, most likely last year, was Samus Returns, and that oh, was yeah, that's right. That yeah. was the whole debacle with another M and all that stuff. All right, your 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 pick. Is very personal. I know. Oh, you know. I know. I see this. So I kind of cheated. So <laughs> I wanted to do a remix of the. I wanted to get this track on the show, and I originally was going to have it as one of my first two, but then I decided no, I should use the other ones. Right. But I need to get this on her. So I became obsessed with finding a remix for this track just to get it on the just show to again. Get it on the show, <laughs> and the best I could find because the game isn't talked about nearly enough is a remix that was actually done by the original artist behind the music. Oh, I like that. I like it when that when we when we cool. discover stuff like that. What, what, what is the game? Yeah. What's the game? The game is La Mulana. Yes. And the track is titled Wonder of the Wonder. It's a remix of that track specifically. And the composer, or or are you, or are you, depending on how you want to pronounce it, <laughs> Samejima and Takumi Naramura. You have just listened to Wonder of the Wonder, a remix from the game La Mulana, composed by the original composers of Horyu Samejima and Takumi Naramura. To give context on why I picked this track, aside from the fact that it sounds the way it sounds, is the fact that the way it works in the game proper is you go to a... It's a La Mulana is a 2D puzzle platformer, sort of like Metroid in yeah, a sense. Em- emphasis on puzzles, right? Oh, there's a lot yeah. of puzzles. Like Think of like Indiana Jones essentially exploring a tomb 
and there's a section of this temple where you kind of come up some stairs and it ends up being like this weird heavily atmosphere like vines wrapped around pillars the sun is shining completely unlike anywhere else in the entire ru- ruin and you can't get in like you're kind of barred at the door and you learn somewhere completely unrelated in the temple that things are not always what they seem bring the apple or something and the truth will be revealed and the place is called Eden you show up with the proper tool or item and you use it there and the entire facade just falls apart and it becomes this really creepy dungeon and it's called the Gate of Illusion Oh, and it plays unlike almost any other area in the game it's infested with weird traps and warps and just bizarre puzzles to the point where you don't even know what you're looking, you're getting into uh, every time you can change screens. And I'm sorry, that, that's music. This music is coming from that. Yes, oh, like, that's cool. In fact, when the shift happens from Eaton to the Gate of Illusion, the track starts with a scream. Uh, so th- this is a, a remix or an arrangement. It's, a, it's an arrangement. So what what was added or what was what was modified? Pretty much the entirety of the Castlevania esque sound that oh, Eric mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. That was new. Um, much of it was oh cool, pretty new. like the guitar riffing. Uh, the, 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 yeah, that was in yeah. the original. Oh, okay, I like that. that a, I like that a lot. That's that yeah, sounded cool. That reminded me of uh, Chris Baines that we had on last week. Um, that kind of like, like kind of uh, symphonic metal, you know, kind of thing. Yes, but like this mm. game means a stupid amount to me <laughs> in ways that I have trouble conveying. To put it in perspective, the sequel got kickstarted in 2015. It released like the end of July this year. It was twenty four ninety nine on Steam. Yeah, you never buy full price on Steam. <laughs> and I jumped on this first day release on a PC that I wasn't even sure I could handle it. And for a while, it was an issue where I thought it couldn't. I started shopping for a new computer yeah. to play this game, and I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Like La Mulana means a ton to me, and That's I good. recommend it wholeheartedly to like so many people. And you're gonna finish the this, this 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 one? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know you will. Friend came over yesterday to my house, and I was like just shutting down the game, and he saw the meticulous notes I had taken <laughs> so far. I have four pages, like full size notebook pages of notes from this game. I would love to like post those like on our social media or something scribbles i mean that's like yeah yeah it'd be like this is like this is like pernell's like a uh, 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 diary your log you know <laughs> the adventurer's they, uh, log you died playing the game and we found your notes you know? <laughs> open the door sideways not up oh, stare at the floor don't spill your cup mm. because there awaits a truth that only you can find by la mulana 2 for 24.99 oh. to find out uh-huh. that was weird that was weird <laughs> <laughs> well, for more information on the artists on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to um, everywhere where you can uh, buy the music and support the artists. It has a definite Duran Duran influence. <laughs> I know, right? Really? Like, uh, yeah, it totally sounds like her name is Rio, and she dances <laughs> oh, on the this. sand. Well, I like that. That's like I don't think I'll ever brand. be able to not hear that name. <laughs> I got it in your head, the man. That's it. There. There's a bit something. Another night, like escaping prison to the dull set tunes of Duran Duran. Duran Duran. That's right. 
All right, well, uh, amazing. well, thanks, thanks for coming <laughs> coming on the show, Eric, for our episode sure. about uh, suspense music. Um, it was, it's been a really good time. It's been, it's, I love having um, an artist's perspective on the show and just having um, extra extra voices on the show. It's, it's great. We, we both really appreciate it. Extra quality voices. Extra quality voices. Thank you. Now, I do want to throw my question in before I forget. Okay. Yeah. So, what would you, could you recommend some games that you feel do a great job of capturing the suspense and ambiance that you would pretty much prefer in your games or, or like that would represent things that you would say, hey, my composition, I want it to sound like or feel like it could be in that game, no problem. Hmm. Oh, uh, huh, that's a good question. I feel like, uh, uh, for me, like I, I kind of got lucky because like my style of writing, I think worked well with, with the Diablo expansion that I worked on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of lucked out with that. Uh, trying to think of, I, like I was... I, I think that like my style also would work well with like Elder Scrolls type of games like I love that that yeah. kind of uh, fantasy world that they've created there I think my stuff works well with that um, in terms of yeah, like being a fan of that kind of music I like that that's my favorite stuff in the world nice so you did music for um, you mentioned earlier Adventure Time VR <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that was uh, like probably my first big gig of like a game that everyone knows, like yeah. the property and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was super fun to do. I got I got to record real musicians on it. And actually, on my website, I have a fun little uh, YouTube video that I did where like I'm playing some of the instruments, and then boom, like a big band happens and it, like starts playing and it's actually like you know three of the same guy and they're but they're like spaced around and like a split screen kind of thing so like all of a sudden there's nine people playing and so i actually made like a whole video with that but then the gameplay is right in the middle so you still see like uh finn and jake running around in the middle and but while like we're all i'm playing banjo on the side and like all the different screens are, are all split up so you can see all everyone playing That's all awesome. different instruments that pop in at the same time yeah I like the so that, that it was really fun like I, I made that video and then like Andy Richter really liked the music in the video and so he <laughs> tweeted it and then all of a sudden like instead of having like a hundred views it was like three thousand views oh. like all at once and I love really the fact exciting. that it was specifically Andy Richter because <laughs> I love Andy yeah. Richter yeah. <laughs> he's an awesome guy he's a fan of Adventure Time so you know yes these different things go together. So, what are some um, what were some new projects that you've worked on, or maybe stuff that you are that you're you're working on now that you wanna you wanna plug or promote or, or something you wanna tell our listeners? Well, uh, I just finished this game called Anshar Online, and it came out about two months ago, and uh, it it's um, it was like the biggest hit on the Oculus Go when it first came out, mm. so like people were playing it a lot super fun game you fly around and uh it's in vr so you, you actually like really feel like you're flying but it doesn't have any of this motion sickness that people get a lot of the times because either you're seeing your ship flying around in front of you mm. and then that focuses your attention or you can also do like a cockpit view of it and uh so that it's super fun game and you go on these different missions and this whole world opens up to you of like this crime syndicates mm. and stuff and uh, it's it's a sequel to Anchor Wars 2, which was like a really big game on the Oculus. And uh, super fun game. And then I, I got to release the soundtrack album. And it's my first soundtrack release. And it's on 
something else Soundworks, which is Nile Rodgers' uh, soundtrack label. And Nile Rodgers is like this big time guitarist and producer. He played guitar for Chic. He wrote like all the songs and he played on like a bunch of Daft Punk albums and produced like all these great albums through the 80s like Madonna and like David oh, wow. Bowie, a yeah, bunch wow. of albums. Um, and then somewhere in there, like in the 90s, I think he like maybe those producing gigs weren't happening as much and he started like coming out with uh, soundtrack albums like the Halo soundtrack and he's found this, like this really nice niche and started his own record label. And then oh, luckily he like... Jump. He, <laughs> Oh man, yeah, he's got a great gig. Yeah. Well, and so I sent him a bunch of my stuff from uh, Antro Online, and luckily, like they they liked it, and they decided to come out with this album. So uh, it's I'm super excited to have it on here and like be able to talk about it. Sweet. Well, um, well, yeah, we'll definitely have have links to all of that, and uh, I'll put some of that on the website. Um, so if you're listening and you're interested, you know, definitely definitely go to the website and check that out and, and check out his music um thanks if, a lot mm-hmm. i was just saying thanks a lot oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you well that's cool thank you um but yes. if you want to get in contact with the show um why don't you send us an email rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com we're looking for um episode topic suggestions or if you have any tracks that um, you like that you would like to hear on the show or you want to share with us that definitely send them uh that way and if you want more information about our show or a uh, full track listing for all of our episodes, access to all of our episodes and links to all of the additional stuff that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And you can see us on all of the social media like platforms, Facebook, uh, so, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, Facebook is generally where all the, 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 the conversations happening most of the time. In fact, we now even have a Rhythm and Pixels chat group, yes, which can be found by searching Rhythm and Pixels chat. The idea is just easier access to communicate and just converse. But in addition to that, we play a classic game or two here and there, and yeah. we just kind of talk about the experience. You don't have to be good at the game. Yeah, like just a got a classic game of the month. Exactly. Essentially, yeah. Um, just have fun. Yeah, uh, go to uh, YouTube.com uh, and search for Rhythm and Pixels. We have our 8-bit and 16-bit uh, radio station playing um, a selected music from us and from other podcasts and other uh, friends of ours uh, all day long, 24-7 radio station. Baby, um, low swank. It's not lo-fi beats to study to, but it's definitely <laughs> something you can listen to in the background. It's great, great stuff. All only 8-bit, 16-bit music. And if you want to support the show, um, please just share it with your friends or share it with people that you know. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. And there we like to thank all of our subscribers at the end of every show. So we want to thank Alex the Messenger. The most messenger of the messengers. He's an ATM. That's what he is. Uh, Brian Kunkel. BK. <laughs> BK uh, Broiler. Uh, Bobby Arson. Thank you so much. Uh, Damien Wicked Sephiroth. Okay, Impala. Thank you. Uh, Carlos, Henrik Anderson, uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Who, uh, his last episode was his 50th episode. Two years. That's cake-worthy. Which is amazing. Definitely worth a cake. And um, I, I can't remember what day he's doing it soon, but he is going to be doing a 24-hour um, gaming stream of, like, marathon gaming of, like, horrible, weird... Commodore 64 and older type games for charity uh, for 
um, refugees um, seeking asylum in the UK. And there are some pretty interesting games on He's that He's got list. some really weird stuff. Uh, so I also want to thank Brian Pitts, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, Joe Vassalo, and David Smith. Did I get that? I don't even know if I got that right. Yes, David. David Smith. David Smith. David Smith, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. Um, it means a lot to us. It helps keep uh, the files hosted, the domain, and, you know, uh, upgrades and um, our solid gold boats. Solid gold boats for a man that still floats swim. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but thank you all so much. We do really appreciate it. Um, in a couple weeks, we'll be doing our uh, live stream episode with uh, Patreon suggested songs. And even if you aren't, just in case, send them tracks. I send them anyway. Send them. I think we might, we might try to do a, a topic this time around instead of just like just random tracks. That might be tougher. Though. Yeah. yeah. Might, if we need, if we're doing a topic, you might want to try shooting it out now. And get the word out. All what right. would be the topic? I want. I want to do. Um, I just. I just topic. I just want to do eight bit tracks. I want to do like classic. You so know, eight bit exclusive exclusive suggestions. like Master System, NES. Famicom, Turbo Graphics, apparently. Yeah, yeah, maybe TG sixteen, yeah, but graphics. but like not like the CD TG sixteen. Of course, yeah. So you heard it here. Uh-huh. That will be the topic for the next Patreon. Oh, we've done yeah. salad. We've done pizza. Wasn't that? And I want all bangers. Patreon. I want buffet. them all to bang. I want that Master <laughs> System to like. Master System can't bang. Yeah, prove me wrong, people, because <laughs> I don't think it can. But the topic will be eighteen bit console music. Yes. Specifically, so has been spoken. So it has been spoken. Thy tunes be sung. <laughs> um, well, uh, thanks again, uh, Eric, for coming on our show and spending the time uh, tonight sure to do thing. this with us. It's been a great it was a blast, time. man. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're always welcome back. Yes. Well, you've been awesome. listening to Rhythm and Pixels. Uh, my name is Rob Nichols. I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. We'll see you next time. And remember, suspense is. Typically labeled as creepy, shocking. Oh no, things are bad. Things are bad are happening. But really, suspense can be a decent thing, both in entertainment and in life, depending on how it is done. Sometimes it's kind of nice to surprise people, give them a little bit of trepidation and have them wondering, what's going on? What's about to happen here? All of a sudden, crap, there's a cake. There's a bouquet of flowers. There's some candy I got discounted from the Rite Aid. I don't know, whatever, but it's yours. I don't know. The point is, sometimes it's nice to surprise people with great things they don't see coming. Maybe inject that into more people's lives because I will say sometimes a nice act feels that much better when it is a nice act that comes completely by surprise. Give a little bit of suspense leading up to it as well, just for the heck of it. <laughs> surprise somebody with flowers. <laughs> Shock them, Shock them. with sweets. <laughs>